the I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Good morning, listeners. It's Jim the Keys bartender coming to you live today from, once again, Monroe County. Florida Keys. How are you today? I have uh, a double ahead of me at the Catch Restaurant, but it had to run up to the mainland. And to give you a brief rundown, remember the mile markers we talk about a lot down here? I live at mile marker 102. The mainland begins at mile marker 126. So it's about 24 mile run. And and then I had to go another five miles. I had to pick up some medication for my dog, my dog Roxy. And it's always interesting uh, making the ride up there. If you haven't been down here before, Overseas Highway. I'm going to talk about quickly about that. Now, um, the Overseas Highway, they, they built a new road there in order to make it easier access to the Keys. And originally when they were constructing it, it was supposed to be a four-lane road, two south, two, two lanes south, two lanes north. And I came down here when they were finishing construction on the highway. They were doing it, I guess they were doing it parallel maybe, you know, closing one side of the road, doing it and all that stuff. Well, in the end, when they finished building the road, you know, I came in 2007, 2008, when they finished this road coming into the Keys. It was a two-lane road again. One lane north, one lane south. Separated with a concrete burial barrier. And now it's 55 miles. You know, everyone travels like, if you can, they do around 65, 70. When I was driving up today, um, the... There was virtually two miles in front of me because I was, I don't want to admit to how fast I was going, but I was going a a little above the speed limit. You could guess what it is, but I'm not saying because I'm not culpable. And there was no one behind me. I didn't get passed by anybody the whole way up. That's unusual. I'm leaving at, what was that, 25 after 7. To get to a place, the animal hospital, to get there at 8 o'clock. And I got there dead on 8 o'clock. And um, when it's like that, yeah, you, you can look at the road and you say, well, obviously there's no need for it because look at all the excess. Well, coming back, it took me about 20 minutes longer because it got all backed up coming into town and coming into the Keys. That... They have two passing zones in there where you can explain the two lanes on each side so you can pass slower traffic. But that really doesn't 
help for more than like a half mile or something like that if you have someone in front of you, right? Going slow. And there's always someone going a little slower. But the way I think about it is for just, they should have the two lanes exiting the keys. They should have made it a three-lane road. Right? A three Because it's much more dire having to leave quickly to evacuate than it is to come back in. Meaning, if you, ha- if you need to leave the keys because of severe weather, a hurricane, it's pretty much always a hurricane, <laughs> you need this. You need extra capacity. And there's just, I mean, just why they put all the effort and resources into it. And originally when they built it, they built it on a bed. They used the fill from dredging to build the bed. And what happened is settling. And the roads looks like any road you find up north with the potholes. Uh not a shitload, but a decent amount of potholes considering that we don't have that big fluctuation of temperature that causes a lot of those potholes you see up north. But yeah, when you have to leave, uh, it's amazing. If you have to leave the, uh, the traffic, uh, if there was a calamity, I hate to see what the road would be like. I evacuated once before and we didn't have too much problem leaving. Because we didn't have a lot of people coming in with the supply trucks. We get a lot of construction. We get a lot of day workers coming in. People coming in to work. People leaving, going out to work. So when they do evacuations, you usually get you know, people loading up the cars. You don't get sing- single people. You get a lot of carpooling. So that, that construction, that... The idea between building that roads, and when you come into Keys, like I said, as soon as you get into Key Largo from that two-lane road, one going north, one going south, it turns into a four-lane road all the way down to mile marker 90-91 in Tavernier, and then it goes back to two lanes. Once again, during the busy season, that becomes you know, more of a what would you call bottleneck? But I made it up there this morning, and I I, I know down here they're talk, they're doing traffic studies to make sure to see what they can do to alleviate the the road, the the traffic. And I don't see anything to alleviate it other than, I mean, unless they have some kind of secret that I don't fucking know about. There is no way you're going to alleviate the uh, traffic right it's going to it's going to always be those bottlenecks those one lane of traffic two lanes going into one lane and doing a traffic study because people are complaining about the amount of traffic down here is just a exercise in futility say oh we noticed there's a lot more traffic down here. No shit. Like you can't tell. Almost every road in any place in the United States, it seems that once a highway is built, it takes so long to build a roadway that they've already have, you know, exceeded 
the traffic, meaning it's going to be packed again. Now, Miami, I have to say, a bunch of, a bunch of roadways just recently opened up over the last couple of years, and it, it seems to have lightened the traffic. But heading south when you're from the mainland, heading through Miami, you have four or five, five four-lane roads, five-lane highways. And when you get towards the end to Florida City and Homestead, it's back to two-lane, then uh, uh, four lanes and two lanes. So when everyone's heading one direction, you're going to, you know, especially holiday weekend, you are getting into Florida City. It is backed up. So, but I'm not complaining about traffic. That seems to be such a middle class thing to do, doesn't it? A middle class, old, middle aged thing to do to complain about traffic. So I've been looking at some of the old stories that I've had on the podcast and I've had some of them that seem kind of trivial. I've had, I, I look at these uh, uh, notes I wrote. One note is about a customer that came in with, they were, they were regulars at one time. And they're no, no longer regulars anymore. They're, they're boat people. When you say boat people, they didn't come here on a boat. Maybe they did come on a boat. But they, they live on a boat and he used to come in all the time. And it kind of got pissed off at me because one time I was having, and it was, I personalized this. I realized it was me. But, you know, I'm a grown-up. They're a grown-up. Usually they grow beyond that. But the last time they were regulars, I was going through it. I was stuck. There was things going on. There was real busy. And there was mayhem. Mayhem. You know, when the kegs kick. You're low on ice. You need you need more garnishes and stuff. And you're getting the phones ringing, and you're just inundated with work. And you know you break a glass, and you got to dump the ice and all this stuff. And it seemed like everything was happening at this time. And this couple comes in, and all of a sudden they see everything and they start laughing. And they go, "It looks like you're having a kind of tough time." And I go, "Wow." Thanks. Hey, thanks for being a friend. I hope sometime when you're going through something difficult situations, I could be on the sidelines making wise-ass comments like you. And I don't know why I said it. It was kind of infantile that I said that, but it was infantile that they said it too. I'm not saying that's a good excuse, but I did say it in response. And they were hurt. They were hurt by it, so they don't come in anymore. But... They were the kind of people that say, hey, listen, one time a person came in and says, your menu's so big, I don't know how to make a choice. And this was after 20 minutes after the woman was looking at the menu. So these regulars said, well, I'll help her out. And I go, okay, thanks. So they're talking to him, and it's getting, it's getting near closing. And it was 40 minutes, 40 minutes, and... You know, 45 minutes, and then it was like 10 minutes before closing. And then finally, oh, I got to order something now. Yeah, you got to order something now because in 10 minutes, you're not going to be able to order anything. And he goes, hey, I helped her out. You know, I said it was 45 minutes or 25 extra minutes after you said you're going to help her out. I mean, they'd be still building the fucking pyramids if you were helping them out. I do miss a lot of my regulars. So then a lot of them are seasonal. And I did mention there was a time... 
dysphoria, I think time dysphoria, where you're not sure the last time you've seen them. And we're rolling into our snowbird season. So in the next four or five weeks, we get our snowbirds coming down. Tom and Jane, Tim and Alice, Christ, a whole bunch of other people. We got um, friends from Pennsylvania coming down. And you don't, I mean, I do know that I haven't seen them in a while. But you really, sometimes they come in, it's like it was last week. I can't remember this stuff. I can just remember from the incidents that we've had. When I say incidents, funny incidents, weird things that have happened. There was a incident with my... I had just came in. It was coming in in the evening. And I was trimming my lawn prior to coming in. And, and taking. I took a shower and got ready for work. Obviously, I'm not a slob going into work after I'm doing lawn work and then getting ready. But every time I started out my trimmer, that high pitch whir, for some reason, it was attracting this cicada-like insect. And it kept on flying into my face. Coming from the tree. And all of a sudden, every time I saw my lawn, it was just coming out. And there's nothing like a, you know, when you get a three-inch flying insect wingspan flying and hitting you in the head. And it kind of stung a little. Well, I'm not stung like it stung me. But it hit me hard enough. And I'm like, what the fuck is this with this insect trying to kamikaze attack me? When I'm doing that, so I'm telling these other people, and they said, that doesn't sound real. So why would I make that up? That's just a weird thing. People say, yeah, that's, are you just bullshitting us? I said, listen, you have to understand, when I'm bullshitting you, it's going to be funny, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. If I tell you I'm not drinking, there's nothing weird about, I mean, it's, it's unique, but it's not weird, it's not funny. There's a lot of weird stuff that happens in the Keys. And when I make something up, it has to be somewhat tenable. There was one story that I told a couple years back. And it sounded like something I made up. It was this guy, Carl Tensler, and a young Cuban-American woman, Elena Helen Malagrade. Malagrade? Malagrade. Well... This Carl Tanzler, and this is back in the 1930s, I think, 1920s. And Carl Tanzler was like a, I guess he was one of the early practitioners of uh, radiology. He was just a radiologist. And this Elena was this beautiful young lady who was very sick. And he, he took her case seriously. And during the case of the uh, course of the illness, he convinced the family that he was able to, he would be able to. This happened in Key West. Let me just say this first. This happened in Key West almost 100 years ago. So there was a, the one, young woman was 36 years his junior. She was in her early 20s and making him into around my age. And she was diagnosed with TB. 
which was considered deadly back then. You know, nowadays they can treat that, but he, he, he was convinced, he convinced his superiors he could treat her with his, his techniques. And he pays for her, um, you know, helps defer the cost of her treatment, oversees her treatment. She eventually dies. I mean, the, the guy expressed that just by his fascination with this woman, this definitely was like a stalker, kind of like a medical stalker. He says, don't worry, I'm going to be able to fix her. And, you know, we can get, get her healthy and she'll be like, no, well, she, she didn't end up being new, but like new, she ended up dying and he pays for her internment. Kind of a, an apology to the parents, I, I assume. But during that internment, he eventually he steals her body. So fascinated with this girl he is. For seven years. I mean, he, 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 he used wire to fortify the body. He used glass, plaster, waxed um, fabric to replace the skin. And her sister ends up finding her, and he reports this to the police. But the statute of limitation for grave robbery takes place, but desecration, but I guess they didn't charge him with desecration of the corpse. But this was so early that the funeral home, in order to defer it, defer the cost, it put the body on display for a dollar. I don't know what happened to Carl. I think, imagine he got, a, you know, was arrested. I can't imagine he was doing much more medical practice. Hey, why don't we go and see the guy that kept the body in his house for seven years? And remember, they didn't have AC back then. So I don't know how the hell that happened without, I mean, it must have been a shitload of stuff like that. Um, Problems with that. Okay, let me move on. Well, this movie says she was under the Lyndon Farentino. What's this? I was afraid it was set up on a blind date. Oh, I don't want to see that. Justin Better. Okay. Oh, okay. Was a liver transplant guy three weeks ago. Gets son a car to help him get around. The son gets pulled over for lack of registration. No license. Wife of 30 years was cheated on him. He looked about 65 years old and was, actually was 50. Huh. I, I don't even know where I was going with that. Okay. Guy breaks driver's side window because he lost his keys punched out rear driver's side window when he can't find the keys they were beneath a bench he was sitting on I don't get uh, that one that's a unique one Uh, we have flight attendants flight attendant company service employee some clientele oh I spoke about the similarities being a flight attendant and a bartender of a restaurant but they, how flight attendants have to deal with people that are 
intoxicated when they arrive, much like a restaurant. What do you do then? You don't know. I don't know what they drank before they got here. And sometimes the alcohol is still working itself through the system. They come in, they're perfectly fine. They just come, came from a place, may have three drinks, a couple of shots. And, and it could have been a bunch right at the end, you know, drinking a couple of shots. And then all of a sudden they have one drink here and all of a sudden they're shit-faced. Well, that's much like some of these flight attendants have to do. You have these demanding clientele. They want a pillow, blanket. This is flight attendants. I get people that want food. They want to know why we don't have a certain... I have a guy that um, currently at the Catch restaurant in Key Largo. We just don't have the staffing to be open seven days a week, so we close on our slowest day Monday. And that's just temporary until that alleviates itself, until we get the proper staffing. Well... On Mondays, we have a, a daily special. We have chicken pot pie. And we had a guy come in on a Saturday night, and he's a little regular. And he asked, uh, what's the deal? You have chicken pot pie on Monday. Now, uh, now you're not open on Monday. When, when, how am I going to get the chicken pot pie? And he keeps on rattling on. I said, no, no. You still have chicken pot pie on Monday. And he goes, but you're not open on Monday. I said, that. That is a, a difficulty, isn't it? He goes, you're going to leave it at that? I said, yep, I'm going to leave it at that. And this way they don't have anything to complain about. They can just say, hey, listen, you know, you talk to him. I want to talk to the manager. This bartender tells me that you have chicken pot pie on Mondays, but you're not open on Mondays. And the manager goes, yes. And he told me if I came in on Monday, I can have it on chicken pot pie. Yeah, that is correct. But you're not open on money. Yes, that's correct. And it, it was just circular, the whole argument right that. I don't know, understand we have to repeat things. Like the door to the bathroom. I said, well, the door from the bathroom, there's a latch on the inside. So if it's locked, it's because someone's inside. There's no way to lock it from the outside. I mean, there is a way. There's, I'm sure there's some budding Houdinis out there to figure out how to lock the door and then get out. You know, climb out the fucking window or something like that. But we don't have a bunch of Houdinis at our place. Houdini, Harry Houdini used to be a guy who used to be an escape artist. You know, the straight jacket and a water-filled vat, you know, get himself out. But, so they stand at the door and they go, oh, is this... Uh, there's someone in the bathroom? I go, well, is it locked? And they go, yeah. I said, and then there's someone in the bathroom. How do you know? And I explain, because the lock's on the inside. So they wait a couple minutes, and all of a sudden they'll pull on the door again. I said, no, it's, if it's still locked, there's still someone in there. And they go, well, what's going on? And I said, well, what goes on when in the bathroom when someone's sitting there? You can imagine. I do not have to spell it out to you if someone's still in there. There's several things. The person may not eat enough roughage in their life, so they could be in there. They could have cleaning up. They could be cleaning up after themselves. They could be getting sick. They could be doing, sh- you know, doing a line of shit on the toilet, uh, a line of shit, a line of coke on the on the toilet bowl lid, which I think is disgusting. And not necessarily because people are shitting on the lids or anything like that, stuff like that, because it's the bathroom. 
But, you know, people that follow other people in the bathroom don't understand the optics. When a guy goes into a bathroom and he's following the guy behind him, and it's what they affectionately call a two-holer. A two-holer? A two-holer is when there's two, there's a, a urinal and a toilet. I guess that's what the old guys call it. Yeah, if your buddy's going to the bathroom and he's standing and he could, he could say, oh, well, you can come in and use the bathroom while I'm there. Or there's a urinal, I'll use the toilet. But if a guy's waiting for it outside and you're close friends or acquaintances and stuff like that, it usually gives the image that you're doing some illicit drugs. Right? It gives the image. There are obviously other things going on. A person could be pee shy or poop shy. I had a friend in college, he didn't really give a crap if whether he was sitting on a bowl, if you came in or not. You know, brush your teeth. But I don't know if I'm necessarily like brushing my teeth when someone's taking a crap next to me. I don't know why I would bring that about. But today I'm getting ready for my double, and this is part of my routine. Part of my routine is like, I have to get ready. I have to, and I'm always thinking in my head, when was the last time I did a podcast? What should I do? I mean, these people are, are, are expecting something from me, just like they do expect me at, from me at the bar. They want to hear something. You know, they ask me some questions or something like that. They want me to interject. Sometimes they don't want me to interject. My buddy Howard comes in and goes, don't you interrupt. Was I talking to you? Right? It's always that. Was I talking to you? I said, well, it's my bar. I don't own it, but when a bartender's behind a bar, it's their bar. And I'm the president of the asshole club here now. You're just a junior member. And when I find something worth commenting on, I will comment on because not only am I here to service your beverage needs and food needs sometimes, you're here to entertain me. I know that sounds, oh, what's it? Selfish and self centered. I said, listen, if you want to maintain a quality staff, there has to be some give and take. And my give is my service to you. My take from you is when you say something stupid, I'm going to comment on it. I love it. I love commenting on stupid stuff. Just like you just see those, you don't see these commercials all anymore, but those Nugenics commercials, testosterone. We had Frank, Frank Thomas, baseball player, and they're pretending to have a, you know, either he's coming from a gym or he's having a, fake, a phony news conference. And he goes, yeah, I take Nugenics and stuff like that. And not only will you be happy with it, so will she. Suggesting that you'll have more of a sex drive or sustained erection. It's always a sustained erection that people are really generally looking for. If you have a heart on, you can pretend to do anything. You can that's the fake orgasm of the the nineties, right? Having having the ability to maintain an erection now with because of all the, the medications. 
men have finally reached a parity with women. Now, I haven't had too much experience, but if I was just someone I really didn't find that desirable, I just don't know what that would be like. You know, people say, wow, this, I was with a guy, I heard this story uh, several months ago, and this girl said, uh, supposedly the guy I was with was taking Cialis, and that shit didn't work. And let me explain that this woman did not look like she was, uh, what's the FHM or whatever, didn't look like she'd be on the cover of Cosmo or Playboy or any of those sorts of Sports Illustrated. She could have been on the cover of True Detective, maybe. But not too many. And I'm, I was going to suggest, I, there are some times where the, the better choice in decision-making would be not to say anything. And I heard this whole thing and I kept my mouth totally shut. And the people are, these other women are talking about it and stuff like that. And they think automatically that you should get an erection. But just think of this. When you ladies talk about men not being desirable and our habits and we're disgusting and maybe our bodies and all that stuff, just think it's not always, sometimes it's the same for men. If they don't find you desirable and they don't find that that spark, you know, just because you have boobs and a vagina doesn't mean you're going to jump for it. It's all it's all not fun and games. Sometimes you think people guys think in their in their heads and go like this. This is not something I really want to get into, and I mean that literally. They don't want to. They're not into you. And why a guy would suggest or tell any woman that he has Cialis if he's not totally gung-ho for that girl, I don't know. So that, that was a problem I had to think. I said, well, wait, if he told you that, then he might have been suggesting something like that. Or maybe he told you that when he was drinking and he sobered up a bit. And, you know, because obviously Cialis and all those things, they can defeat whiskey dip. They can. But there's nothing in like the human mind that really take away the starch out of that feeling if you're not into it. It could have been something you said. It could have been something you said, but don't automatically think that guys are going to automatically get... Uh, into you just because they're on some medication. Okay. Well, we had to. I oh, had this bit a while ago. I, I don't even see the best-looking presidents. Well, I could probably John F. Kennedy probably won. Right. Barack. Um. Ronald Reagan was an old man, but I guess he was in his 70-year-old self was probably all right. 
but uh, Barack Obama, I said Barack Obama. I don't get this thing where people call Donald Trump handsome because that, that is it the fucking comb, comb over or that bloated body of his that looks like uh, he's a, you know, he's a recipient of many adult diapers and spray tans. But if I had to rank them, it'd probably be Kennedy, Obama, and that's fitness level, right? Probably Teddy Roosevelt. The ugliest presidents, you'd have to say Abraham Lincoln, probably Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson just had a feeling. And some of those, when they started coming out with pictures and stuff like that, you just look at them and say, boy, there was a different level of or, or judgment of beauty back then, you know, with your fucking mutton chops and stuff like that. Oh, there's a rehash from last a couple of years ago. The ladies taken. I was serving someone a while back, and it was outside on our patio, and I knew the woman before, and she. I have to say that there was probably, a, there could have been a time where she was in the seven territory, and I hate to be so crass and about saying this, but she, you know, it's just she called a spade a spade. The lady was older, she had a couple rough years, she got the skinny legs, you know, the cirrhosis belly. Uh, smoking a lot and but she was you know I knew her and her boyfriend from out of town comes to visit so I went and I was being very nice and I think they interpreted very nice as me being sweet on the woman and the guy who looked appropriately matched to the woman like my friend Bill Conway used to say up in Philadelphia every trash can has its lid and I know that's mean. It sounds mean, but it's just the way it was. So I go back, I'm serving them. And the person says, I just want you to know, this is my girlfriend. She's taken. And I'm going, I'm not in my head. I don't want to, you know, your first thing is, you know, your instinct is saying, are you fucking kidding me? I'm more likely going to go after that cat over there. Or a dog. It's just not my type. But I go, whoa, you are lucky. I go, instead of that, I say, well, you're a lucky man. And I swallowed that statement. Oh, you're a lucky man. I'll be back. And normally I don't go outside and help people and just go up to one of the servers and I say, listen, do me a favor. Could you take care of that table? I'm at, I'm at you know, I just was checking in on them, see how they're doing. And they go, oh, okay. And I just said, and if they ask any questions about me, tell them I'm, I'm taking two. Well, listen, I'm going to call this uh, end of the show. I do uh, appreciate you for listening. If you do like the show, please share it with your friends. I, uh, I, don't, I don't know sometimes exactly how 
I'm going to start a show sometimes. But I certainly know when I should end it. And I hope I ended on a high note. And I hope you have a great day. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and family. If you have any questions, send me an email, jim at keysbartender.com. Take care and have a great day. Bye.